You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Like the man said, this is Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. And we spent a lot of time in the last hour talking about wokeness and how do you respond to wokeness and Captain America ain't woke and a lot of things like that. But uh, I want to shift gears and I want to bring something home uh, to you folks. I mean, we watch right now as spending is out of control in D.C. They have no idea how to pass a budget. They continue to do continuing resolutions just to kind of keep money flowing. They're printing money like crazy. They're putting our great-grandchildren in debt. But have you ever stopped to think about the fiscal issues that relate to the state of Alabama itself? Let me bring this home for you. All right. 1.8 billion, that's with a B, billion showed up in our coffers last year. CARES Act money from DC. Where'd the money go? Where did 1.8 billion, 1.8 billion dollars is almost the entire amount of our general fund budget. So we have two budgets in Alabama. The education budget is one. The general fund budget is the other. Everything education, of course, in the education budget. All the other things it takes to run this state. Medicaid, prisons, you know, roads and bridges, um, all, the, all the things it takes to run. State troopers, all of it. The court system. All in the, in the general fund. And the general fund, by the way, is roughly $1.8 billion. I think this year it was $2.1 billion, actually. But we got that much from the federal government. Where did it even go? Well, I'm going to bring on a friend of mine right now. Uh, Justin Bogey is with the Alabama Policy Institute. Justin and I have known each other for about a year and a half, two years. Uh, he does a great job. He came to us. We stole him away from the Heritage Foundation, which tells you about his conservative street cred. He's got a uh, degree in um, a bachelor's degree from Auburn University. He's got his master's in public administration from AUM. Uh, he, he also uh, spent a good bit of time working in Montgomery uh, in the legislative fiscal office, so he knows where all the bones are buried and the dollar signs down there. But he even served as a budget policy advisor to the Trump presidential campaign and was on the presidential transition team for the Office of Management and Budget. Uh, Justin Bogey, my friend, how are you doing, man? Doing well, Phil. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Hey, hey thanks for uh, being on the show today. So, Justin, I just kind of prelimed you coming on uh, by pointing out that $1.8 in CARES Act funds showed up last year. But then I, I, I put the question on the end of it, where, where did it all go? And truthfully, it pretty much fed government, didn't it? Yeah, you're exactly right. And kind of a lot of the things you were touching on in your opening with the federal government, they're spending that really ties into this and how they're sending all this money uh, back to the state governments. And, uh, you know, one point eight billion is a lot. But don't forget, the state's also getting another two point one billion or so directly to the state from the last stimulus bill. Um, but kind of circling back to CARES Act money, you know, there was a big debate about where the money would go. And you're, you're absolutely right. Most of it ended up going back into state government. Over half of that $1.8 billion uh, went back into state agencies, basically, into state programs. And then the rest of it, you know, that was spent on, on other things, you could argue, uh, didn't, didn't go towards really great purposes, didn't go towards helping the people of Alabama when they were really struggling to recover from uh, the pandemic, which is what this money was was intended for. Yeah, I mean, so the reality is, and this is not to knock this is not to knock somebody who's got a job with a government paycheck. I mean, I've got family members in that position. I'm okay with that. But the truth be told, the the government did not miss any paychecks, whereas the private sector was no. struggling in the last year with the government itself, right? With Governor it, Ivey's office picking winners and losers and shutting some down. 
Exactly. And again, this money didn't go back to those people who were really struggling. You know, um, the the largest chunk that really went back into the private sector was small business grants, and that was over $300 million of this. Um, but that was limited to $15,000. The State Department of Finance basically picked the winners and losers in that. There wasn't a whole lot of criteria as to, you know, who could receive the grants. It was kind of a first-come, first-served uh, basis. And, and, you know, we've, we've dived into this a bit and looked at some of the people who got grants and you kind of sit there and and scratch your head, you know, did they need the money? Was this something government should be supporting some of those kind of things? Um, but you know, I know you're a small business owner, uh, one of the many hats that you wear. Um, I don't know for a lot of businesses that $15,000, unless you're a sole practitioner or, you know, have a very small business, how long that's really going to keep you afloat when you're in the middle of this. No, you're exactly right. So to, to, to refresh that, so what he's talking about there is uh, a very small percentage, uh, like roughly 20 to 25% of that overall $1.8 billion made it to the private sector at all. And, and then it, right. the majority of that 20 to 25% uh, was in the form of small business grants, which were, you said $15,000, right, Justin? Yeah, that was the cap was fifteen thousand dollars for most of these grants. Which you know, again, how far does that really go if you're if you have twenty employees and your business is struggling to make ends meet or to make payroll every month? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I can think about here in my small law firm, we got four attorneys and a number of support staff, and 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 truthfully, that would maybe cover the support staff payroll for one month, and and that's what it would mean, right? And because because people yeah. are your greatest resource, and you got to take care of them first, right? So. That would be where it would go, but you're right. So, so literally, Justin, what I'm what I'm seeing here is that, you know, the question about where did the money go? The money went to feed government largely, didn't it? Exactly, and we haven't talked about the biggest piece of this pie yet. Three hundred eighty-five million dollars went back into the uh, state unemployment trust fund, uh, which was depleted uh, over the course of, of the pandemic by rising unemployment claims, obviously. Um, but the thing that a lot of people, you know, on the surface that might, you might think that's an okay way to spend the money. Um, otherwise a big tax increase would be passed on to business owners. But the reality is that this situation was definitely exacerbated by the fact that the uh, state and, you know, in Birmingham here in Birmingham, other cities, they really forced businesses to close. They had no other option. So if, if the shutdown orders hadn't come through and the state hadn't basically kind of gone into a shelter mode for several months, then, um, unemployment wouldn't have risen as quickly as it did, and that fund wouldn't have been depleted as fast as it was. And, and so maybe a, a large portion of that money wouldn't have been needed to prop up the fund. Well, that's exactly right. So for those of y'all that aren't as familiar, and I run a business, a lot of you guys out there do, uh, it, it literally, when you, when you, it's not the person, the employee, who pays into the unemployment compensation fund. It's the business. And so the business, as a portion of payroll taxes, pays into what's called the SUDA and the FUDA, the, the federal and state unemployment taxes, get paid into the system, and they're held in a fund. And therefore, if people get laid off, there's something to give them an unemployment check. All right, well, we know how that went in the last cycle with un- enhanced unemployment compensation, paying people to stay out of work. But all said and done, that fund is usually fine. But when the government itself, when Governor Ivey's office said, you close, you close, you're allowed to stay open, but you close and you close, and shuts people down whether they want to or not, and declares them non-essential, it drives people onto the unemployment rolls. And like Justin said, then they got to file for unemployment. And then all of a sudden, the second and third order effects begin to kick in, 
And these people are drawing down the unemployment fund so drastically that suddenly it's running out of money. And so what did we have to do? We had to use our CARES Act funds, which should have gone into the private sector to help, just to prop up the unemployment that was driven higher by government action. And, and technically, that was also government feeding itself. It's like a self-licking ice right. cream and cone, Justin. It is. And, I mean, the unemployment trust fund had, you know, I think around $900 million in it before the pandemic uh, really set in. And uh, the state's unemployment rate was around 3.5%. And just after the shutdown orders in the course of about a month, uh, unemployment was over 14%, and this fund was just, you know, quickly being depleted. And some of that was exacerbated by Washington. They provided this extra $600 a month in benefits. So, you know, maybe that was appropriate for a short time, but it just kept going on and on. And, uh, you know, at, at some point for a lot of people, people working at a restaurant or, you know, a lot of small business cashier-type jobs, those, those service industry jobs, uh, it was much more lucrative for somebody to stay at home than it was to go back to work. Yeah, and that's a crying shame. I mean, it's one thing to say we're there to give you a hand up when you're when you're down. It's another thing to say we're giving you a hand out to keep you from ever coming back. And and that's what was happening. Exactly. And I, I am pleased, as much as I, I, I take issue with Governor Ivey uh, and her administration shutting down businesses, at the same time, I do applaud the fact that she was one of the first governors in the nation to say we're going to stop with the extra $300 a week. The extra enhanced unemployment compensation is done. And Alabama has gone back to work quicker than most states. Am I correct? Yeah, and Alabama did a lot better in general than, you know, the Californias, the New Yorks of the world. Our unemployment rate never went as high as theirs did. It never stayed high for as long. The, or- the shutdown orders really weren't as restrictive as in some of those states. Um, but but they still certainly had an impact on the unemployment trust fund and is one reason that all this money had to had to be used to prop it back up. Well, and, and Justin, one of the things that really strikes me as being maddening here, I mean like maddening, is $1.8 billion just dropped into the state coffers overnight, and then they, they spent time squabbling over it. They spent time arguing between the executive and the legislative branch as to who was going to be allowed to spend it and how. But then on top of that, they didn't even really get into spending it until like August or September of, of, right. of 2020, at that point, we were at 14% unemployment. So literally, they were doing nothing with the money except sitting on it for the longest time, I guess trying to figure out what to do, which to me smacks of a lack of leadership. But then on, on top of that, they were letting it sit there while unemployment was going through the roof and getting worse. Am I right? Right. That, that's another big problem with it. This $1.8 billion came in to respond to what everybody perceived or, or people in Washington at least perceived as an emergency. And if it's an emergency, you think, oh, well, they need this money right now. Um, but really, the state of Alabama didn't spend any of the money till July, you know, a very small portion before July. And they really didn't ramp up spending till August. Um, so by then, the unemployment rate had sort of stabilized. People were beginning to return back to work. It was kind of too little too late. And you know, I've been kind of reviewing some of the numbers again, just getting ready for this. And, um, you know, they had a lot of money went towards remote learning for schools, which, you know, certainly would have been appropriate in April and May. But uh, by, the, by August, you know, I don't know that that was really something that was as needed as it was earlier in, in the spring. Um, same thing. They had a big broadband voucher program, which was supposed to help with remote learning. You know, about $40 million went towards that. Um, by the fall, again, when they actually started spending the money, uh, people were already going back to school. So you could say that that probably wasn't a great use of money. Um, so you're, you're exactly right. We, they spent 
two months kind of just sitting waiting for the legislature to come back into session before they even started really talking about how to spend the money. And then it was another two or three months before any of us started going out the door. Um, so by that point, you know, a lot of businesses had already shuttered for uh, for good and grants weren't going to help them at that point. And no. um, it was just too little too late. Well, listen, uh, Justin, we got to take a soft break. So, Copper, you can go ahead and cue that thing up. Um, but uh, I, I need you to, can you hang on during the break, Justin, and come back with us for the final yeah, segment sure. of the hour or the half hour? I want to I want to talk with you as an expert in fiscal policy on where you think the money is coming from next and, and what we could maybe expect to see happen with the money that we're getting next. Uh, it's so important. Okay. Y'all, the money just almost like disappeared. It went into government largely. You private sector folks didn't see it, even though the private sector is the one that was so devastated. Uh, the government got bigger. The private sector got smaller. That's a heck of a thing. Phil Williams, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNM, but this is Right Side Radio. I'm your host, Phil Williams. It's 320. We'll be right back. Seventy AM, ninety-two point five FM, WVNN News Talk of North Alabama. We are getting it going right here today. I tell you what, I'm enjoying this show. Right Side Radio is what we are. Phil Williams is who I am, and we like to say that we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, I'm glad you're with us. I've got a friend coming back on with me in a minute, but before I do that, I got to tell you again. I'm going to tell you over and over, guys. Don't don't get tired of it. Otter Creek Farm. There's so much out there. I could talk about them for probably a whole hour by themselves. Otter Creek Farm. They, they listen. Here's one of the things they're doing. I took Charlene out there to dinner not long ago, and we had they have these special Thursday night dinner series going on for the summer, and it's a five course dinner with gourmet chefs. And they come out and they do each course and they do a wine pairing with each course. I am not that sophisticated, y'all, but it was awesome. And I mean, they literally brought out this this incredible meal and this culinary experience is something that you can do at Otter Creek Farm on Thursday evenings, but you can also stay there overnight. They've got wedding venues. They've got wing shooting on their manicured grounds. It's just, oh, it's an amazing place. Go to ottercreekfarmstead.com and try to figure out for yourself then why Donald Trump Jr. stayed there not long ago. Hey, listen, um, I'm bringing back on my friend Justin Bogey, who is a fiscal analyst uh, with the Alabama Policy Institute. Justin, we've got um, a great discussion that's been going here for the last segment about the fact that $1.8 billion dropped into our coffers, and what it pretty much did was grow government. About 20, what, 23% or so went to actually the private sector, and even that was the government picking the winners and losers and deciding who got a little small $15,000 grant. You know, I don't fault them for trying to do something, but good Lord, that wasn't much. But what can we expect next? Yeah, so, you know, as we kind of alluded to earlier, there's another $2.1 billion coming into the state. That's directly to the state. There's another couple of uh, billion dollars that's going to go to um, counties and municipalities. So we've already seen Birmingham using some of that money. They, they're using $17 million of their $148 million uh, allotment to give pay raises to every city employee. 
Um, that's on top of already passing the biggest budget in Birmingham history, which included separate pay raises for city employees. Um, so, so that would be a bad example of how to use this money. Um, yeah, no on the state level, uh, they haven't decided how they're using the money yet. It sounds like that the legislature is going to be much more involved this time, which is, you know I think is a, a good thing. The governor basically took that power away from them last time and and uh, dispersed the money as she saw fit. So I think there's going to be a discussion about it. Um, first and foremost on my list would be use that money to give uh, a tax relief to individuals and, and businesses and, and help them continue to recover from the pandemic and uh, really encourage businesses to come into the state. Um, we There was actually a provision in the rescue plan that, that passed earlier in the year that gave the state this money that said that they couldn't use it for tax relief, but that's been challenged by uh, Ohio already, and, and a federal judge ruled that the federal government couldn't tell states uh, how to use this money, or, or could, they couldn't restrict uh, uh, tax relief from being uh, part of part of how they use this money. So maybe that's an encouraging sign. Um, I think it is. And let me, let me that, jump in there real quick, Justin. Issues that the state's facing. We have a, uh, our prisons are obviously uh, in bad shape and are are under federal uh, jurisdiction. Right, are, are could eventually be taken over by the federal government if they don't improve. So that's an area where potentially this money could could offer some. Uh, so, so Justin, let me jump in there real um, quick because what I'm hearing right now is 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 so key, is is pretty much everything you labeled. I mean, there are opportunities, but you did say it correctly that the legislature is the has the power of the purse by by state constitution. They are the ones who appropriate funds. Hey, Justin, man, exactly. yep. y- y- thank you for being on the show with us, by the way, today. And uh, hello to your your sweet family, and uh, and thanks for what you do at the Alabama Policy Institute. Uh, folks, that was Justin Bogey, fiscal that. analyst with the uh, the Alabama Policy Institute. I do want to head into the next break by saying this. When that next $2.1 billion tranche comes in, it has got to get to the private sector. I'm going to talk a bit about more about that after the break when we come back. Where did all the money go? And, and, and where should it go next? And how about for once government stop feeding itself and start doing something that benefits the average Joe on the street? How about the small business owner who's still hurting and trying to hire? I mean, there are ways to help, and it's time for the creativity and the care and the statesmanship that says we'll do something besides just grow government. Hey, it's Right Side Radio. Phil Williams, I'm your host. Time right now is 3.30. We'll be right back after this. This is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN.